We would like to acknowledge the Gadigal peoples of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay our respects to their elders past, present and future. Welcome to Sit With Us, the podcast. I'm Ella. And I'm Dom. And this is your invite to sit with us and chat about all things relationships, reality TV, pop culture, and everything in between. Coming up on this episode. It's a massive <laughs> achievement to be on a TED Talk. Like, <laughs> talking huge. about dildos. Talking about dildos. <laughs> like, what? Religion has played such a big part in shaping cultural values all throughout the year years, and uh, that kind of really comes from there. That sex has, um, I guess, a ritual. You know, you come into the bedroom, you undress, you know, you get onto the bed. Mm. That's in the, in the time of ancient Rome, where we're fucking here, there, and everywhere. That's yeah. not exactly the same thing. It's not. It's not that kind of clean romance. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what's so interesting as well. I mean, I've I've heard it along the way how. Back in, I don't know what time of life, but sex really was like what you just said. Everybody mm. was having sex here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And it's something that for me and I know my my friends and mm. the people around me wouldn't necessarily know that kind of stuff. No, no. Because sex nowadays feels like uh, something that happens in our private life mm. on the side. And mm-hmm. as you say, it's still... While we're talking about it a lot more now, it's still not considered on the level of eating and shitting, which yes. it is. You know, that's always been one of our human needs. Yeah. It, 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 that, that's just part of being human. And so you go back to ancient times and you look and see how, you know, sex was talked about, even masturbation mm. up until the 1700s. We don't talk about masturbation a lot because it was just something that happened. It was a bodily mm. function, just like going to the toilet. You don't see artwork depicting us having a shit because mm. it just mm. happens. So mm. that was the same with masturbation and everything yeah. like that. But pleasure kind of get a race, uh, a races itself almost through around that 1700s point because we start to take on a really, uh, there's a change in the church and they start to say that the body is really dirty and we need to kind of deplore anything to do with the body. So that means not eating sugary foods because that increases pleasure. It means not masturbating. It means we change this idea of like homosexual and heterosexual start to be established because we're like, no, now it should all be about the man and woman. Mm. That's only really, a lot of this only comes around about 250 years ago and it's still stuck with us. Sex just kind of erases itself from the table. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's up there. It's one of yeah. the, 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 the our needs and natural instincts. 100%. It's something that we, we want and we talk about all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something not that we talk about all the time. It's something that we, like, in, our, in my day-to-day, I will say, I can't yeah. speak for everyone, <laughs> but I'm a very sexually active person yeah but that's also maybe because i have read so much about it and i have so much interest (laughs) in it and i'm like always trying to figure out you know how can i give myself more pleasure yeah with or without someone but it is something that baffles me how it's still considered taboo yeah even just talking about oral sex is like oh my gosh let's not talk about that like i'm like what it's a fun thing to do yeah and i actually now that we are i guess getting onto oral sex i really (laughs) i really liked in one of your podcast episodes yes you mentioned something about if you choose to give oral Mm -hmm. it's purely because you want to pleasure that person and it's such 
an experience and it is a really, for me, I feel like it's a really close experience. Well, you're literally, your eyes are in someone's genitals. You're literally in their genitals. Like, <laughs> it's a very vulnerable position. It's a fucking, it's as close as you'll ever be to that person, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, it, it's it's vulnerable, it's for both parties. Yeah. Like, even sometimes I'm very self-conscious. I'm like, does it smell down yeah. there? Like, is there some hairs? Like, what, 100%. what's going on? But I think, you know what? I, I, I'm very pro oral. I think that's yeah. as close as you can get to someone. It's it's got no other purpose than mm. just feeling good and mm. sharing pleasure. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And so, yeah. And I think it's always played that role mm. in historically. That's why you know they tried to ban oral in the medieval times because they're like, stop doing it. You know, that's stop so fucking make babies. It's actually so <laughs> wild to even hear that like you could try and ban giving someone. Uh, head or oral sex. Like it's, yeah. it's just like how could you even try to control something like that mm. back then? Well, they even um, for a while, it's not, you know, front door oral, it's back door oral, but things like rimming for a while could get you charged for witchcraft. What? Um, because they believed that uh, it was called the kiss of shame, Oculus in flame. That, so let's just, can you please just confirm <laughs> the, because de- look, some of the listeners may not know, we do have quite a wide range yeah. <laughs> of age groups. What is rimming? What is rimming? Uh, I might have it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Rimming is the act of orally pleasuring someone's anus or backdoor area, whether that's internally or around the rim. Okay. And so how, where did that come from? Well, again, we've kind of rimmed all throughout history. Rimming, wow. Rimming, rimming goes back a really long way. Guys, they've been history. rimming for years. Yeah. I've never even done rimming. Um, <laughs> and people have been doing rimming since very long time ago. Very long time. <laughs> but they believed around this time, when I'm talking about the body being dirty, yeah. that the lower that your body was from heaven, like so your backdoor region, yeah. the more sinful your body was so the butt kind of literally becomes the dirtiest part of the entire body furthest away furthest away from god and so when they would draw the devil his head was generally on his butt because he was like the dirtiest of all the creatures and so when you had depictions of people rimming if you were kind of perverse enough to kiss someone's ass Mm. that meant that you were a very kind of immoral sinful person and so rather than saying the world's gone mad they would depict you know animals and humans rimming as a way to say that we've all gone crazy yeah and that's how it gets associated with witchcraft whoa because they believe that uh when women decided to become witches they would perform the kiss of shame on the devil they didn't just write their book into the name of the devil they you know kissed his ass And every time you saw the devil as a witch, you would gather together and, like, kiss his ass. And there's loads of depictions of this. Like, people were accused, literally, of heresy because they were were like, you know, Margaret kissed someone's ass. She must be a witch kind of thing. Oh, my God. But again, the rimming was so prominent that it takes on a cultural significance. Yeah. It doesn't come out of nowhere. We yeah. don't wake up one day and be like, you know, everyone's an ass kisser and a witch now. Yeah. It's something that's been there and we've changed what it means. And, you know, that's so interesting because for, I guess, for us growing up, 
you know, we hear about all these different sex positions, yeah. even like Kama Sutra. And I was watching the Goop Lab, their uh, pleasure episode around just like energy, right? Yeah. And yeah. like having an orgasm, not even from fucking anything being touched. And I'm just like mind blown how yeah. that even works. But there's, you know, we grow up learning about all these uh, sex positions and learning about all these things. And it's like, where did they actually come from? And it's really not like I'm sitting down doing my research to Mm. know where rooming has come from. (laughs) But it is so fascinating because we do, to an extent, think that it's something that we've created really recently. You know, like everything in the bedroom, that it's something that we've created, you know, not that many years ago. Maybe it was when my (laughs) great-grandmother was around. But no, really, it's literally been around fucking forever. All of this time. But, I mean, that's why, I guess, the point of kinky history and why I created that was Mm. exactly this. A lot of the time we look around and we see, you know, queer sexuality and experimental positions and there's Mm -hmm. you know the biggest argument from the other side is that this is a product of the modern world gone mad Mm. as soon as you give that historical credence and you're like no we've always been doing this Mm. so rather than trying to shut it all down let's see what it means Mm. as a part of being human and how and I love that you shed a light on all of it in like (laughs) such a quirky way as well like talking about kink and how important mm. it is. Yeah. And it really fucking is. That's definitely not something that I fully understand yet. Yeah. It's definitely not something that I think my circle talk about. No kinks and like fetishes and everything. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that that's some. I mean, by all means, I'd love to start that kind of conversation yeah. with my friends. But I think as well because... Everyone is, like, married and mm. in long-term relationships. I feel like I'm probably the only one that's really open to sharing Exploring, my Exploring, ex- yeah. yeah. Interesting. But, and, like, sharing, like, I'm more than happy to share my sexual experiences that I have mm. with my partner. I'm more than happy to share it with with anyone as long as yeah. he's happy, you know, <laughs> because it's something that we can all learn from. from. Yeah, and, like, it's not something to judge anyone on. It's just, like, let's talk about it and learn about it. And, like, you know, I have had girlfriends over time say, try this because you yeah. might be able to have an orgasm this way. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, because I've had friends who have never had orgasms from sex penetration and then yeah. had it. And that's still where I'm trying, but I just yeah. don't know if it's ever going to happen. Uh- no, if, if, like if, if it doesn't happen for you, it doesn't happen for you. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that's where like kinks and like imaginative role play could come into mm. the thing because so much of the orgasm as well as clitoral stimulation, mm. imagination plays a massive role massive. about pleasure. And you know, I, yeah. it's even sometimes like you know, if you if you are having sex and you're in that missionary position and maybe it's not like tickling your area, mm. but kind of you know, you can go into your head and imagine a scenario where if there is if it's been called a dirty little girl's going to do it mm. all of a sudden, you can experience that <laughs> pleasurable orgasm. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's what you know, the, the yeah. next step for you is role-playing in missionary and seeing if that uh, tickles anything mm. for you. So the whole kinks thing, I mean, yeah. and the fetishes and where does that take you now with your, I guess, your topics and your conversations? Yeah. Like where is that going now with these sorts of things conversations yeah yeah i think it's really interesting because when you know you talked about kink talk before Mm. which is on tiktok yeah there's a huge amount of people who are talking about the kink community and what kink is you know and until tiktok i don't think people realized there was such thing as a kink community Mm. which is you know in melbourne alone there's such an underground of it's very underground. Most of them are in dungeons. Definitely would be underground. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like anything in, in these... I remember as well when I was, like, super obsessed with, like, 
sex and all that mm. sort of stuff. I remember I was Googling sex parties because I yeah. really wanted to go to one. They're everywhere. They, and I remember like finding like underground events and like, but I didn't want to go by myself and like yeah. I didn't really have anyone to go with and but I do know that there is like a big underground world like that here in Melbourne. Massive yeah. research. Um, do you know what? One of my, the highlights of kind of becoming a sex researcher has been, I've gone to a lot of these events as almost like a researcher, which yeah. is a really weird uh, uh, situation to go into because you're kind of mm. going into this kink world, but you're observing. Oh and my God, I want to I go. Do you know what? It's the best girls night in the entire world oh my god i've got two of my best friends and i only recently because i'm working on my book that's coming out later this year and i went in and i was like okay i need i wanted to do a chapter and i wanted to talk about something and there was a kink party and you know i called them up and i was like girls like could you come with me just because you don't want to go alone to these things you don't and i always bring someone with me yeah we had the best girls night ever because when you come into these communities it's not like when you go out to a bar or no one can hit on you without your permission and so we are there in our little latex costumes because you have to you know go in in theme yeah um looking absolutely hot as fuck like i wouldn't normally leave my bedroom (laughs) looking like that but we are looking 10 out of 10 and we are drinking gin and tonics, dancing our asses off, and no one is going to bother us. Wow. Because guess what? They're not interested because they're fucking Tom, Dick, and Sally right now. Wait, what? <laughs> and because no one can touch you, no one can talk to you without your permission. There's lots of rules in this right. community. It's kind of like the um, submissive in that, yeah. that whole kind of, is it that kind of vibe? It is. Like it, the, the, There's people from different sex communities. You have people yeah. who just go in there and they are just interested in like just sex. People coming with their partners and they're like she's my dom I'm her sub that's right other people come in they'll won't even have met the person yet they'll have met there's an app called FET which is like fetish um, meetups kind of thing and you know they'll have almost like a bumble or hinge date they'll be like I'm meeting up with my slave tonight and she's going to be my slave for the night and people will come in in like kind of fairy costumes it's it's a very much anything goes and honestly I've gone to a fair few of them now and I'm, it's, I, I honestly, I have the best time because I'm like sitting there at a table with my gin and tonics and I'll just be, you know, watching what's going on and occasionally I'll be like, oh, because you get really desensitized really yeah. quickly, um, to everything. And I'm like, oh, nothing's happening. And then one of my girlfriends will run up and be like, right, who wants to fuck me <laughs> to kind of get things going again? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and it's there, it's a really fun community. Part of what uh, I'm really passionate about is that I think we need to take the rules of the King community, which is all about mm. consent, communication and trust, yes. and take them into whatever relationship you're in. Mm. The fact that in King play, there's a stress on constantly checking in about your boundaries, mm. about your desires, about seeing if you want to push those boundaries, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? They're kind of rules that you hear, even before mm. you come into one of these parties, you have to kind of, you get a debrief, no matter if you've been there once, twice, a hundred oh. times. They will do a debrief with you about, here's the rules of the community. Do you have any questions? It's very strict. Yeah. Very strict. And it's strict and at the same time so freeing. Yeah. So I I, I really think that... Because I think it could also... 
Like if you're considering going to one of these, which mm. I have before, very long time ago, still would be de- very much down yeah, to go. We'll go. I, I would love to go. <laughs> I'll take you. I think that it would just be like the most interesting experience. Yeah. But I also think that from an outside perspective, if you don't know a lot of, about how these parties go, you yeah. would feel like, oh my gosh, am I going to be safe? Yeah. The safest environment you could yeah. possibly ever go into. Okay, because I feel like that's what I mean by it sounds like they're strict. Yeah. And I think going into a party like this, you kind of would want it to feel strict but free in a way. Yeah. 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 Knowing that you're going to be fine and nothing could happen. No. And what's the age br- bracket like at these parties? It, it depends on which one you go to because there's a fair few, especially in Melbourne, all around. Mm. Um. Uh, but some of them can be such like a mix of everyone, and I love that. Mm. You know, there's one one that happens like once a month uh, in Melbourne, and it's kind of like where everyone will go for that once a month on the Friday, uh, mm. just on King Street, and oh. that's very much like a everyone is there from the King community, and it's such a fun celebration. Like yeah. I find it, I find that the values that this community kind of has is so interesting and mm. intriguing, and uh, that's. I think that's one of the first things I ever became fascinated about, like in the history of sex. Really? Like, yeah, it was actually around this time that I was saying that you know I had this conversation with the university. Yeah, I was asked by someone else. I was doing a lot of freelance writing. If I would, you know, cover um, a topic um, about you know kink clubs in Melbourne, and it was the first time I'd ever went to a kink club, and I went with my best friend. And I kind of said to her, I was like, you know, we've got to go in. So we found a collar and everything. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I don't want to be disturbed. Like, what do we do? And so she's like, no, just collar me like, and put me on a lead and it'll be fine. Oh and so she, and we did. And we went in like, holy shit, like, what are we doing? Like, I'm just holding this collar and lead. Oh my gosh. But it was the most interesting experience because I'm like, is anyone going to talk to us? What's going to happen? Yeah. And people would come up and be like, you know, you know, is your slave for sale? I'm like, no, she's with me. And then we didn't wow. get spoken to other than that. And we had a really great time and it was the first time that I saw how vibrant and alive this community Mm. is and you know that would have been about 20 21 years old and again you just wouldn't know it it exists no you wouldn't you like absolutely not I mean no one I don't know anyone that's been to one now I know you've been to to more than one (laughs) but I don't know anyone that's ever been to one or ever had an interest in going to one no and that's as well some why I guess I never went because I was like no one would want to go. People would think yeah. this is weird. But I'm like, I think it's fucking cool. Yeah. I think it's so interesting and, like, it's something that we don't explore enough, like the no. whole fetish and kink thing. Like, even now that I do have a partner, I would love to have these conversations and with, him. Yeah. with him and be like, do you actually have a fetish? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, I mean, I don't even know if any of my people have fetishes. Yeah. I mean, no one's ever spoken about it. I think it's one of those uh, conversations that until it starts, no yeah. one kind of offers it up. Mm. And the thing about kinks is that, because there's a lot of argument about where they come from, Yeah, but for a lot of people, kinks can change over time. Yeah, And generally, your kink can be something that in your everyday life you don't get to explore. So, for instance, uh, CEOs, like men who take on CEOs, uh, they're probably the biggest clientele in like dominatrix world because they like to be dominated because in their everyday life they have so much. They dominate. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people find that what they don't get to explore in their everyday worlds, they explore in their kink. 
Like, I've always been an absolute goody two-shoes. Like, one time in primary school, my name got put on the board, and that was, like, the most anxious moment of <laughs> my entire life for talking too loud. I needed that rubbed off. And then I went to the teacher with, like, a list of reasons why my name needed to be Oh, my gosh. Board. I was the opposite. <laughs> okay. So, absolute goody two-shoes. But then, you know, come to the bedroom, degrade me. Like, yeah. <laughs> tell me I've done something wrong. But, you know, it's, it's the way sex in a lot of ways, if it's explored well, is a kind of therapy. Mm. You get to explore um, this side of yourself that you don't. And in the everyday world and that can be really fulfilling and that's what I think the kink community does really well that they understand that it's like a little it's kind of like an escapism how do you know if it's like for pleasure yeah or if someone's into it because it's like a pain release yes rather escapism for a positive or a negative reason well I mean that's I think one of the most important reasons why we have to have conversations about it because it gets put into the bedroom Fifty Shades of Grey, right, is a perfect example of that. In the few weeks after any single book came out and any single movie was released, there was a 50% intake into the ER because couples would be experimenting, of couples that were like got hurt having sex. 50% 50% that's in America, Australia and the UK. So so many couples were presenting with, you know, things getting stuck places, people being hurt because they were trying choking. Oh and gosh. I think that's a perfect example of something that's become a cultural movement. Like Fifty Shades of Grey introduced a lot of people to the idea that you could have a dom-sub relationship, that you yeah. could be kinky, of toys. And people wanted to have that conversation. Mm. It 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 fascinated people. People, it awoke a desire that people didn't know what were there. It did in me. Yeah, it, yeah. I remember when I first read that book. That was the first book I actually have ever finished in my life as right. well because I'm not a big reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was one of the first books erotic books yeah. where I read it and I was feeling things feeling in my things. body. I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Yes. I need to read more of these books. I've just found my interest. <laughs> I like smut. <laughs> I like it. So I can, yeah, I can totally understand that. Yeah. And so, and you know, what's was so important about that is that was the desire that was being woken up in literally millions upon millions of people. But because that was not met with a conversation about how to safely practice any of that because you know the book does not do that (laughs) it's actually there was a big protest from the bdsm kink community about that book because it was so poorly represented and they said it didn't uphold these values of communication and trust and how to do anything safely so you've got the desire it needs to be met with conversation and that's the way that you stop things that can be an abusive situation in the bedroom they could be putting anyone in harm Mm. and that's why i'm also so passionate about the fact that we need to when we're having conversations about sex it's more dangerous to leave these things in the dark, contrary to conservative opinion, mm. because people will still experiment and they will do. St- yeah. But people will get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, that's if Fifty Shades of Grey had its time again, I would hope that that book would now be written with a lot more understanding of how to safely practice. Kink. Yeah. But if you didn't have a BDSM community there ready to be like, hey, if you're going to do this, here's how you should do it safely yeah. in the bedroom. Isn't that so cool? There's like a BDSM community. I love it. Do you know what? Those people will, they will follow you into battle. Like, that, wow. is, that is a loyal community there. It's very much like like the LGBTQI plus community yeah. that, they, you know, you stand and you're an ally to one mm. another as a member of the community. BDSM has its own community. It's also very connected to the quick community. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, they, they are going to go into battle. They are going to help you understand if you want to have sex and you want to experiment, great, but let's talk about how to do it safely because wow. they've got ways to do it. So interesting. <laughs> I have to ask, what has been a highlight of, I guess, your 
career or like since you, you know, stepped foot into this sort of industry, yeah. what has been a few highlights? Oh, golly. Or like really <laughs> memorable moments for you? Do you know what? I we, You spoke briefly about the TED Talk earlier. But yes. That was so wonderful in the way of getting up on stage and kind of ticking off that milestone of a TED Talk, but doing Huge. it about like ancient dildos. I had pictures of people whipping on the screen. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking about Rousseau liking to be spanked and Mozart liking to kiss ass. I was talking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it was such... A great experience and memory for me in terms of like, this is it. Like, we're having the conversation and it's on the loudest microphone. The loudest, babe. Like, the loudest <laughs> microphone. And as well to an audience who may not have even heard of this sort of stuff before. Yeah. So that's what's also the scariest part. Like, I remember when I watched that, I was like, holy shit, like, who's the audience? <laughs> you know? Because yeah. it is, com- like, it's topics that would potentially offend people or, yes. you know, and it's like... Hats off to you. It Honestly, it was the best experience ever. And I finished and I got off stage and there's kind of like an after party in that area. And everyone, so many people were wanting to come up to me to talk to me about all of this, everything I discussed yeah. about their own experience and about how they'd never heard anything like this before. Mm. And hearing that directly back, because I mean, mm. a lot of the time when we do stuff on social media, you don't have that immediate feedback. Yeah, But hearing from people that they have listened to that talk, it's changed their life, it's changed their thinking. That was such a moment for me of everyone wants to have this conversation yeah. and it's so cool and such an honour that I kind of get to be the one who does that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's huge. It's a massive <laughs> achievement to be on a TED Talk. Like, <laughs> Talking huge. about dildos. Talking about dildos. <laughs> like, what? I think you had, like, a photo of a dildo made out of, like, metal or something. Yes. Like, literally on the big screen, yeah. I had my siltstone dildo oh just my displayed. Gosh. And I think that was such, like, a pinch me moment. Yeah. Like, this is... Uh, because it is an important conversation. It is. We've talked about why, you know, the things that can happen if you leave this conversation in the dark. And yeah. I think talking about sex, recognizing it's a part of history mm. and talking about sex in all of its quirks and, you know, for a better term, kinks, yeah. is important to having an ethical, harmonious relationship today with anyone, with yourself, yeah. with a partner. Yeah, 100%. Know? Wow. It's just so, <laughs> like, interesting and it's something that, you could literally, well, I mean, I could literally talk about anything to do with sex for a really long time. Yeah. Because there's so much information out there. We are constantly learning as human beings. Yeah. Um, you think you might have it figured out, but you don't. <laughs> no. Um, there's always something to learn, whether it is current, like right now, mm. or the history that plays a role in the current, like, which is yeah. just so mind blowing. But it has been. A fucking chat today. Like, we have literally <laughs> chatted. Everything. We haven't even, I feel like we still haven't, we have not even, like, scratched the surface, though. Like, gotta bring me back now. Gotta bring you back for round two. Because there's so many things that we could actually discuss. Yeah. Like, if I even got your TikTok up right now and we went started to go through the topics that you chat about on there, it's just, 
so cool. Yeah. And it's so insightful, guys. So where can everyone find you? Give us your handles. Uh, you can find me on Esme.Louise on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. And, of course, you can now listen to the Kinky History podcast, yes. which is very exciting if you want me to yabber on about everything and occasionally my own sexual history. We don't mind that. <laughs> we share our sex stories on here. It's it's the best way. So not only will you get your history, you'll get some embarrassing stories. So. Or should we, should we get her to sh- share the jelly, the oh, puffer the fish? Story. The pufferfish story. <laughs> it was on one of your TikToks. Yes. Do you know what? The, the pufferfish got outed via my podcast. I was talking about the history of the Little Mermaid, and this wasn't even a That's part right. that was meant to be on the podcast. Like I was talking about the author and all of his various sexuality, and just as I kind of finished up my episode. I was talking to my producer and I was like, oh, did you know that? Like I was in this production of The Little Mermaid back in the day. And she's like, oh my God, get out. And I was like, yeah. And I, do you know what? I think I fucked one of the puffer fish. And she's like, what do you mean? And then I was, I was, I hadn't revisited this in my mind, but there was, I was so infatuated with this person that was in the cast. Like we were having that, like, will they, won't they kind of thing. Like playing tennis with the eyes. Yeah. You know, throwing it back and forth. And it's like, you know, the theatre community, kinky. Hmm. You know, oh, oh God, that, that's a podcast in itself. Oh my gosh. The theatre community are kinky. <laughs> theatre kids, you know, we what? weren't cool, but we were getting laid. Oh my God, that um, makes so much sense. Guys, I was in theatre. I was the main character. Okay, now Wait, that makes sense. What? Yeah, there's, there's a big connection between uh, theatre and sex. That, that's a historical thing. Oh my God. Yeah. What? Role play. But um, I was having this will they, won't they. And in the course of this production, this man, I'm is dressed up in an assortment of costumes. (laughs) At one stage, he played a fucking water droplet. And I'm talking a lycra, full body, like a shining lycra blue costume, full body suit. Like I've seen everything. uh, (laughs) (laughs) But having the hots for someone who's dressed as a fucking puffer fish. That is so confusing. Yeah, and there's one time I was just in the dressing room and it was like, finally, they did. And I'm going at it with this guy that's dressed as a fucking He's, he's in his costume. He's in his costume. I'm dressed as a mermaid. He's dressed as a puffer fish. And, like, and it's an inflatable costume. Oh, my God. It wasn't inflated at the time. But like, maybe if I pulled the right button. So a deflated puffer fish. A deflated puffer fish. I couldn't even get him up. Oh, my God. That is so good. Yeah. And how old were you? I would have been. Uh, do you know what? All of this is around twenty. I'm having an experience around twenty. Okay, but you know that's great. Twenties are for that. Early twenties, I don't know, but twenties overall 20s is your time to fuck a puffer fish. Puffer, <laughs> I can't say I have fucked a puffer fish. Uh, this is your chance. But potentially, I will get my partner to dress up as a puffer fish. Maybe it will awaken the kink in you. Maybe it will. It actually takes me back to a scene out of the sweetest thing when she is sleeping with her boyfriend, who's dressed up as an yeah. elephant. Yes, she's having sex with him. He, he surprises her at work in his elephant costume. And they end up having yeah. sex. Oh my god, it's a hilarious scene. But <laughs> that is the Papa Fish story, guys. If you want to check it out on TikTok, it is there. But Esme, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. This, this is wonderful. <laughs> this has just gone from all sorts, all levels, and I've loved it so much. This was great. And yeah, hopefully we can do this again soon. I will uh, sit down and chat with you at any time. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys, as well. You know where to find us. Love. Yeah.